Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go. Howdy. Welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. Today, your host from the Marine Corps Movie Minute Podcast uh, return. I'm Brian Lockhart, and joining me again today is Sarah Bro, the United States Marine Corps veteran. And we are here to talk about Minute 18 of Silverado. Minute 18 begins with Hobart realizing that these two are indeed not Baxter and Holly. And it ends with someone new entering a saloon. Briefly. (laughs) Very brief second. More on that next minute. But for now, welcome back, sir. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I'm glad you could join us again for another minute. Another day, uh, another episode. Anything I can do to help. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've we've already kind of talked about a little bit about Brian James and how he mistook Peyton and Emmett for Baxter and Holly. He's not too happy with God right now. He says, say what? Damn it. <laughs> These ain't Baxter and Holly. <laughs> Definitely a little ornery. Yeah. Where the hell is Baxter and Holly? Well, in walks up, Baxter and Holly. Well, I should, I should say rides up. Yeah, definitely nice horses. <laughs> and uh well and i say uh baxter who uh i would say is played by sam elliott ordered on wish right i mean come on you, like any western with sam elliott makes it better because he's just like meant for this genre like he is built for it right and, right. and this guy is just like you know nice try fella <laughs> he come he, he definitely gives a sam elliott kind of vibe i think though for sure yeah but he's definitely lesser sam elliott <laughs> definitely definitely he introduces himself eventually as nord baxter i kept watching the minute over and over again i'm like is he saying nord n-o-r-d or is he saying noah and he just you know has an accent it is nord because i have the i have the script and it, and it calls it out so i'm like okay okay so i did hear it as nord initially he is played by troy ward from what i can tell he's just a, he's a stunt man He's been in a bunch of movies, but as a stuntman, he's only has two acting credits, this movie and an uncredited local hire for the movie Joe Kidd with Clint Eastwood. Hmm. And it's funny because given that he, you know, he, he really doesn't have a lot of like quote unquote acting credits. He's got a decently big part, you know, for this film. I mean, it's not much it's here. And then a little bit later in the film, but he gets multiple lines. Like I said, he comes off as, (laughs) as, as a Sam Elliott light is his partner is Tom Holly as he introduces him but I tried to find out who who this actor was I assume he's just he's a stuntman uh but there was no credit on IMDb for him oh which I thought was weird yeah cuz he's named he's a named character he's yeah. on screen like you they call him out so I was surprised that I did not see a mention of a Tom Holly on IMDb but I, I again I would assume that a lot of these guys are stuntmen you know in these cowboy roles there's a there's a scene upcoming uh, in the next two minutes where where one of these guys in the in the diner that we kind of get a brief glimpse of at the end of this minute. He's a stunt man, you know. Again, he he doesn't get a name. He's prominently seen 
and he is on IMDb, but he's he's known as he's basically a stuntman. So, yeah, Troy Ward. It looks like he's gone on to make you know a career out of doing you know stunts in, in various Hollywood films. But again, he gets a pretty he gets a decent role here, you know. Yeah, and I think he does a good job to get to the actual what's going on on, on the minute. Hobart is is fit to be tied that you know they still don't have Baxter and Holly, and when he wants to know where the heck they are, and up rides. Baxter and Holly, he's like, we're right here. Quit your yelling, you old coot. <laughs> <laughs> and Hobart, Hobart was like, what the hell are you call a coot? <laughs> so and he's and then he's like, all right, just calm down. You know, he's like, and he introduces himself. He's like, you know, I'm just messing with you. And he's like, he's like, it's a bad start. He gets into that whole bad start that he gave Emmett and Peyton in the last minute. Tries to calm him over. I don't care what kind of start it was. Here's the money. Yeah, well, right. Well, first he's like, well, we'll just have to get you that much quicker. He's saying all the right things, but of course he wants his money. Of course. You got You got our letter. He's like, yep, half now, half there. And so they open up a box. And so they go over to Conrad, um, Hannah's husband. He's one of the guys and they open up the, they open up the box and there's a bunch of money and they pay him and, and they, they basically it's cash coins, probably other valuables in this box that they, they're, they're watching with their guns and all that just for security. Well, they, they hand him a, a box of, you know, a, a, like a, um, like a little bag of coin, you know, probably silver dollars and all, or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Payment. Conrad immediately is suspicious. He's like, don't you want to count it? And he's like, nah, friend, we trust you. It doesn't matter if he counts it because he knows he's going to be stealing it later. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. And even, so even Conrad's a little like, that's weird. Hobart doesn't seem to. He, he looks at it, but he doesn't really, he's more focused on let's get out of here. But they cut over to Peyton and Emmett and they are watching this or observing this. And they both look at each other like they know something's up. That like, That's weird that they didn't count that money. You know, Emmett's staring more. Peyton looks over at Emmett and they kind of make eye contact with each other. And it's just kind of like something's fishy here, but it's not their problem. You know, in the Wild West, that's how you, how you survive. You mind your own business. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean they they can't. They're they're not cops. They're not sheriffs. They're they're just people passing by, and they're probably thinking we'll never see these guys again. So hey, that's on them. They're grown men. You know they <laughs> they hopefully they're more observant than than what they're letting on. And decisions were made. <laughs> right, right, right. So you know, I mean, even to me, that was like suspicious. Like, nah, friend, we trust you again because again, it doesn't matter. All that money is going to be theirs. At least that's their plan eventually. Exactly. Only like, I mean, especially in that, that day and age, like, I mean, who do you, you don't trust anyone. Like, I don't know you. Like you could be literally anyone. I've never met you before, clearly, because you don't know that it's not me when you're talking to Emmett and Peyton. Well, right. Yeah. They, they still could be a not Baxter and Holly. <laughs> they could have been people who just saw the, um, t- you know, her overheard the conversation and were like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to con these guys right now. Like, exactly. We're going to make some money. Yeah. Trust no one. That's my philosophy. Well, clearly these guys just want to get going. So they trust them and, yeah. and they, right, they're like, all right, let's load up. Now I did find the whole interaction with them about quit your yelling, yo coot as pretty funny. I, I, I mean, obviously I've heard that, especially in Westerns, plenty of times. Are you familiar with you know what a coot is? No, it's an insult, clearly. But what exactly? No, I don't. Well, I mean, I think I think clearly everybody knows that a coot is a medium-sized water bird of the rail family Rallydae. Oh my 
my God, how did that slip my mind? I'm so sorry. My, I misunderstood. <laughs> no, you don't remember learning about that in, in elementary school, grade school? Yeah, you know, that all stayed locked right up in here. It did not go in one ear and out the other. It didn't, I promise. I remember everything. And how is that an insult? Well, I, I was going to say, while there is an accurate definition, the real slang for coot is a stupid fellow or a simpleton. So yeah. <laughs> he's calling him an old idiot, basically. <laughs> so that's why that's why uh, Hobart took offense to it. Who there has the last laugh is what I'm saying. I think Peyton Emmett. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They don't know that yet, though. I have the script, and there is a slight difference in in the script, but it's ever so slight. I actually, I should have mentioned this last minute. So in minute 17, there's one slight change of dialogue that I thought was interesting. Hobart, when he's yelling at Emmett and Peyton, mistaking them for Baxter and Holly, he says, I've got my people sitting down there swatting flies and raring to go. But on screen, on, on the film, he says, throwing snowballs. <laughs> so my guess is I'm wondering if it's like because they filmed in winter <laughs> and there's clearly snow everywhere. Yeah. There's no flies going to be swatting around, but you know, snowballs, that's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so now in this minute, there's, there's another just very slight alteration in the whole calling him a coot. He said, quit your yelling, old man. We're right here. And he's like, who are you calling old man? Instead of old man, he said, coot, you old, you old coot. And he's like, who are you calling a coot? <laughs> Which I think is funny. He's just like, who are you calling a coot? <laughs> I mean, that's ad-libbing, man. You just got to go with it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give them something like, I mean, it's kind of like today, right? You just have a bunch of takes and see what works. Yeah, and I think they did do multiple takes on this um, on this film. I think the director, Lawrence Kasdan, he, he was kind of meticulous, I think. Uh, I remember seeing something about that on the behind the scenes that they did. He he wanted like a specific number of takes just so he had options. He wasn't like a Stanley Kubrick type guy who did like hundreds and thousands of takes over and over again. Oh, but Could you imagine? Like, I mean, I get the guy's brilliant, but geez, he must have been a nightmare to work with. Speaking of Stanley Kubrick, like I was reading uh, <laughs> Matthew Modine's um, diary. It was a Full Metal Diary. It was a book that he wrote. Like he kept a diary while I was on set of Full Metal Jacket. I actually, at the behest of Stanley Kubrick, because he, since he was playing a combat reporter, he wanted him to kind of like embrace that kind of mentality. Yeah. But yeah, it was basically <laughs> as much as like Matthew Modine was like, oh, isn't it great being on a Stanley Kubrick film? By the end of it, he was like, oh my God, I'm going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, you just put me in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Clearly I was in the wrong movie here. Right. He's becoming like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining, you know? <laughs> so. I mean, if you had to, had to work with someone that tedious, like that level of perfectionist, like I would, I would go insane. I would go insane. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would not be on the level. If I was a director, I'd be more in the B movie. Uh, I'd be more like a Tommy Wiseau, and uh, less of you movies a are the Cooper. best. They are the best. <laughs> I, I am a sucker for a B horror movie any day of the week. Is there a boom mic in the shot? Yes, but I had a good time filming it. <laughs> I mean, you just don't look at that. Carry on, people. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please ignore that. In fact, you know, I never – there is a goof later in this movie. I'll mention it later in in, uh, in one of my other recordings. But Kevin Costner points out a goof that I never noticed. And then, sure enough, it's there. 
uh, his duster blows up over his head. Like, but yeah, I just figured I'm like, well, that's just Jake. You know, <laughs> if something can go wrong with him, it will. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, I really don't have a lot else for this particular minute myself. I like the interaction again. I like Peyton and Emmett. Really, don't say anything this minute. They're just observing. But I like, I like the setup for what's going to come. You know, yeah. that's really about all. We see that Emmett and uh, Peyton made it, made their way into the saloon, and now somebody new is coming in. So more on that next minute. But now, isn't he great in here though? Yeah. Well, yeah. So okay. So now that I mean, we, we talked last minute about one of our favorite lines that Mel says, and since you're not going to really get any Mel minutes, and this is literally his first appearance in this last and it two, breaks seasons. my heart because I love him in here. Would you say he's your favorite character? I really would. I I mean, I love Danny Glover as an actor. Just some of the things he says and the way he comes off, like shocked, like, oh my God, mom died. I only got her letter six months ago. Like, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, I love him. I love him, especially going into the bar the next minute. You guys, I'm so excited for you to talk about the next minute because him in that bar is everything. Oh yeah! Now, again, he's he's great, and I and unfortunately I don't get to talk about the best part of that, like the little capper of that little next two minutes. You know, the next yeah. two minutes is really is fun, and yeah. then there's there's a little interplay after that, and which which goes into the next week, and then there's this one little capper of just like. Again, it's it's perfect of like Danny Glover being cool, the music kicking in at the right moment, and you're just like, damn, this movie's good. It is. It is. <laughs> And then the guy doesn't like age at all because I'm watching him in this. And then he looks, I mean, with a little bit of gray hair, like he looks the exact same through every other movie I've ever seen him in. I'm like, oh my God. Like he, I mean, I would have thought like, oh, a young Danny Glover. No, he looks like a 30 year old Danny Glover. Like through his (laughs) entire career, 30 year old Danny Glover. So I've been watching Lethal Weapon a lot lately. My, My daughter loves Mel Gibson. It's her favorite actor. So we've been watching. Controversial there. (laughs) But he's a great actor. Well, she discovered him in Daddy's Home too, And he's phenomenal in that movie. I've never seen it. It is a perfect Christmas movie. You do not have to watch the first one to enjoy Daddy's Home too, But I I cannot recommend it enough. I mean, I have to like it because I have watched it at least 25 times this past Christmas season. So it's either watch it or go nuts like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. Yes. Let's do that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> um, Mel Gibson plays Mark Wahlberg's dad. I mean, really, he's not the main star of the movie, but he's one you know, of the, of the four main stars, and he's great in it. And just uh, the way he interplays with you know, Will Ferrell and John Lithgow. Is it Lithgow? I thought it was like Lithgow. It may be. I just, I don't pronounce anybody's name right. Nobody can get my name right. I I do not need to pronounce anybody's name. Ditto, buddy. Ditto. Are you seeing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you can't. She doesn't exist. You feel my pain. I do. Your first name, my last name. My daughter and I do Hamilton shot by shot. So she's really gotten into some of these uh, Revolutionary War era type things. And so guess what? Mel Gibson, Revolutionary War stuff. She loves the Patriots, her favorite movie. <laughs> so. Okay, don't hate me. I totally have never seen Hamilton either. I'm just like, I'm slacking in my, you know why? Because I've gotten into true crime. So if it's like murder, mystery, 
that's my kind of show these days. Like I've watched every serial. We should do a serial killer podcast. That's what I would be perfect on. It's very popular <laughs> nowadays. But well, I would say since you uh, are liking true crime stuff, even though they sing about it, I mean there is a, a murder in in Hamilton, so you should watch it. <laughs> Historical murders, exactly. But we know who did it, so it's not a who done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, well, all right. So, so to, to, to cap off my thought, I've been, you know, I circle back to uh, Lethal Weapon. You, you know, we've been watching the the later Lethal Weapon movies. They're less, they're less inappropriate <laughs> than the yeah, first two. For sure, Danny Glover is is great in those. I love Murtaugh. It's one of those guys where uh, I just enjoy when he's on screen. And of course, I, I joke that I think in the first Lethal Weapon, he's younger than I am now, and he was getting too old for his sh- Say what? And so I'm like, what does that say about me? You know? <laughs> oh, oh, it says so much. I feel it though, like, man, because, you know, lethal weapon law enforcement type things, that occupation will age you so much. Like, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but man, when you like come home, when they tell you like, okay, so it just sounds like you're so not interested in what I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm literally detaching myself from your stuff. Because I have my own stuff and your stuff. And if I go home and bring it home to my stuff, like I'll lose my mind. Oh, I, I like, believe it. Like the job just, oh man, it will eat at you. It will eat at you. So I can see how he was as young as he was, younger than you are now in that occupation. And he was just like, oh God, this is killing me. <laughs> like I get it a hundred percent. Well, how many like 30 year olds did we think look 50 when we were like in the military? You know, like it's just, you know, that type of work does age you. It, it really does. Oh my God. Yeah. I was always amazed. I was like, yeah, you know, this, you know, my staff's are neat, but he's got to be an old guy. He's like 25. <laughs> you know, you're like, geez. <laughs> right. I mean, when I was 18, I thought my age now was old. And now that I'm this old, I'm like, the only time I feel old is when I'm hanging out with my kids and they start making like modern references. And I'm like, I got nothing. I used to make fun of my parents' 70s uh, music and I'm like rocking all these 80s stations. I'm like, yeah, Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh my God. I'm the old one now. It's me. Well, you know what? Bon, bon Jovi did the, you know, the soundtrack to Lethal Weapon. No, geez, Lethal Weapon. No, I'm, I'm stuck Young on guns. that. Young Guns too. So I wonder how this movie, Silverado, would have gone with more of a like, 80s 90s metal kind of soundtrack <laughs> do you think it would have improved it or <laughs> with the same actors yeah like totally as is you just go ahead and put like bon jovi in the background instead of uh, uh bon jovi music instead of like instrumental stuff i mean can you go wrong with bon jovi like <laughs> honestly i am a huge 80s hair bands give me poison give me def leopard give me motley crew all of them. Give me all of them. And it would make everything better. All right. Then somebody out there in podcast land, go ahead and edit uh, Blaze it. of Glory into Silverado for us. Make it happen. Make <laughs> it happen. You'll be my favorite person forever, whoever you are out there. All right. So I, clearly we're doing anything but talking about Silverado. So what do you say <laughs> we we call it a day and uh, let these let these fine folks move on to the next minute? So do you have anything else? Overall, in general, since this, you know, we're saying goodbye to you, and Sarah, I do thank you for joining me. Do you have any like final thoughts? Anything you just want to cover before we say goodbye? On this, on these minute, no. Like, I mean, get ready for some shade. It's there. 
um, some drama. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for whoever gets minute 19 and minute 20 because you guys are gonna love Mal. And Danny Glover is the greatest. He is wonderful. I'm so excited for the next two minutes. Whoever gets them. Well, I will go ahead and give you a little. You know, this is between you and I. I'm gonna give you okay. a little behind the scenes. It's me. <gasps> How dare you? Why didn't you invite <laughs> me to those minutes? Because I already recorded them with my Marvel Events Timeline podcast partner, Travis Bow. Check us oh, out. Oh, <laughs> Travis, I'm so jealous. All right, so what do you say we load up and head on out to Silverado with this wagon train, huh? Let's do it. So before we do that, as I just mentioned, the Marvel Events Timeline podcast, but that was just between you and I. Yes. Uh, there is also the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast, which is what you know what what we're here representing today as part of this group project. So if you want to find us there, where you are, wherever your podcast can be fine. But instead, if you want to find the Silverado Minute podcast, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Or it's also at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. There's also the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener Saloon on Facebook. Go ahead and join that. Join in the conversation with us. But if you'd like to follow along on Twitter, the, the handle there is SilveradoMXM. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Sarah, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching the movie and, and coming in. I know, you know, even though it wasn't your favorite genre. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm ha- very happy to hear that. It makes me, makes me happy to share this movie with as many people as possible. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please come back for Minute 19 and find out what Travis and I have to say about uh, more about Danny Glover and Mal. So thanks for listening, and yeehaw! Yeehaw!